0: Welcome to the Danielle McInnes podcast, a podcast for small businesses who are seeking great practical advice about marketing and sales. Danielle thinks like a customer, even as a little kid, she always has shown deep empathy for others. Dan uses this customer insight to help small businesses create practical marketing strategies that work. Using this customer-centric approach and her 20 years' experience in sales and marketing, Dan takes what is in your head adds your expertise to create a system to assist you make better marketing decisions, attracts a regular stream of ideal customers, and creates a brand that your employees and customers will love. Hope you enjoy this podcast.
1: So welcome everyone back to the podcast, and I'm so excited to have Amanda Faulkner Um, on the show, and Amanda is from the um, Small Business Marketing um, uh, Business Centre in Sydney. Um, So welcome, Amanda. Thanks very much, Dan. That's okay. I'm so excited to have you on because, I don't know, we just seem to think alike, and I like having people (laughs) on that I like. Um, So can you give the listeners a bit of an insight as to a little bit about you and what you do? Yes, thank you. Well, I run the
2: Sydney Small Business Centre, which is a centre that I started just about a year ago, and it was something that I'd been thinking about for a long time, but um, like many people, I guess, I was trapped in corporate life, and I've been in um, marketing for quite a long time now. And um, But as part of the roles that I've had, I've worked with a lot of small businesses, actually, because they've often been the, the customers of the companies that I've worked for. Mm-hmm. So I guess over many years, I've seen a lot of the challenges that small business have faced, particularly from a marketing perspective, and I guess I am very marketing-centric, because I really do believe that it's kind of 80% of what a business needs to get right, um, and I've also had my own small business back in my 20s, and um, it really was the period of my life that was really the most satisfying from a, from a work point of view, and so that's one of the reasons why when I left the corporate world, I decided to set up a business that really helps businesses grow um, by helping them be really great business managers. Now, that doesn't sound the sexiest description in the world, but <laughs> okay. we do concentrate on marketing and we have some other courses which uh, help them really get on top of um, you know, financial essentials and some IP essentials which are particularly important for service-based businesses.
1: Yeah, because I don't know if you find this, but when you're dealing with a small business, it's sort of lots of topics come up, not just marketing. It's sort of that whole world that they live in.
2: Yes, that's right, and I think that's where sometimes it can be quite daunting to business owners, particularly if they started a business out of something that they were just good at, you know, like, I don't know, designing houses or, um, you know, clothes or, selling something, Mm. um, and then to then have to turn around and actually become a sort of semi-expert in a number of other areas
1: is a bit of a challenge. But yes, it is essential if you want to have a business that grows. Yeah, I think people are cottoning on to this idea. And I don't know whether the e-myth has helped that or not, that, That book that sort of says, you know, Mm. you you start as the expert, but you've got all these other hats. Mm. Um, But what I wanted to start with, I love your video. I know that we've spoken about this, so anyone who's listening to this, they really want to go to smallbusinesscenter, Sydney Small Business Center dot com, and look at the video because it's fantastic. But (laughs) I, I just think that it's so insightful. But I just wanted, wondered if you could walk. Um, us through some of the problems that you get hit over the head with when you're starting with a small business and doing the work that you do. What what sort of problems are they facing at the
0: moment?
2: Well, I think actually the problems are really fundamental, but there's two things that I'd say. One is the problems that people present you with when they walk in the door, and then the problems that they realise they've got after working with you. Uh, And so, for example, at the centre, we run workshops with, um, you know, public workshops with quite small businesses and we actually work one-on-one with larger businesses as well mm-hmm. and there are some commonalities though when we run the workshops one of the things we say beforehand is you know tell me what your challenges are mm-hmm. and often what people say is things like well I don't know where to spend the money um, I don't know how to target my activities and I need to know how to generate new inquiries we've had good organic growth but actually that's not Happening now necessarily, so now we need to have some lead generation strategies. Mm-hmm. And what tends to happen, and actually in the, in the marketing intensive workshop that we run, which goes over two days, often um, people fall into this immense breakdown at the end of day one, which is kind of horrifying for them and, and probably not a really a great selling thing to say. But you know, what, what they typically discover by the end of day one is that actually they don't know who their ideal customer is. Yeah. Um, they've got very little insight into wh- how their competitors are pitching themselves because yeah. you're really not in business in a vacuum. Yeah. And thirdly, they really haven't nailed what's unique about them. And so when people – and we work through all of that on day one and so often people get to a point where they go, oh, my God, have I got a business at all? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, let me ring up my business partner and go slash my wrist, you know. Um, so we have – no, we have – no one actually did that but someone did sort of say they kind of felt like that Um, because people get to a point where they go oh I realize actually that one of my fundamental problems is that I haven't really been able to differentiate myself and it's really those things as I know you know Dan you know from your experience they're really the fundamentals on which all of the other
1: communication
2: tactics have to get built.
1: Exactly and so we start as consultants at that point because that's the bit that everything else is built on. And, mm. and it's just such a, I don't know if you find this, but I find the hardest thing is just narrowing down all those things that you said, but particularly identifying their ideal customer and being able to not say, well, look, I'm just targeting anyone who walks in the door, but I'm actually going to say no to some of these people so that I can sort of, you know, put my stake in the ground and actually everything comes from that.
2: Well, I think that that's a real mind shift for a lot of people and I've worked with a lot of businesses as I'm sure you have and when you suggest that to people, that's another sort of moment of horror um, because they're like, what you want me to like turn away business walking in the door, are you nuts? Um yes. and it's at that point actually I won't, you know, go on and on and on, but it's at that point that I tell a particular story of of my own where I really learnt this lesson. Um, you know, and it's my cosmopolitan pyjama boxer story for those who ever come and do my workshop. Um but um yeah but you know, essentially uh, you know, really what's key is that you aren't marketing to everybody. And and I think one of the things that I notice when I talk to people is that, you know, when you often ask people that initial question, so who's your who's your customer? They'll sit there and say, well, you know, it's everybody or it's anyone. And then you, you say, well, actually, it can't be because, you know, that's just too ill defined. You'll never find, how can you find everybody? You know, so let's try and narrow it down. But in doing that, I think once people start that process, and if if people have got an existing business, then sometimes an easy way to get access to it is to think about, okay, let me think about some of the individuals who who are my customers. Let me get that person in my mind's eye. Yes. Let me now think, um, is that person representative of a group of people? And if they are, then um, we can uh, try and a, um, uh, sorry Dan, that's
1: okay. <laughs> we've got a whole lot of work going on in the background. Well, that's a good um, sign, Amanda. <laughs> but I get, I get what you're saying, because like, what often I say to people is, you know, tell me, I want to go to your website, or I want to look at your business card, and know you're talking just to me, and if you're a bit vanilla and talking to lots of people, then I don't have the confidence that you actually understand me, and, yeah. and that is then the problem, because you know how many people are out there I had a I had a management consultant come to me the other day and look his portfolio he was doing everything which (laughs) meant basically he was doing nothing because I can't work out why I would choose him over anyone else and so I get Mm. what you're saying it's really it's a difficult mind shift for people to actually accept it but you know what it's so much easier to build around that
2: and I think there are some businesses that have particular challenges, and and they're often businesses like um, lawyers, for argument's sake, accountants. Now, it's not like you can't differentiate in those areas, but, you know, you've really got to kind of work at it a little bit to actually yeah. find, well, what is the thing that's going to differentiate you from the next accountant um, and, you know, from the next lawyer, for argument's sake? And I think, you know, if you do a simple exercise we you jump on the internet and um, go look at a bunch of legal firms, they're all saying the same thing. Yeah. Um you know exactly in the sense as what you're talking about with the management consultant so I mean I really think um a, you know a big heart the, the heart of of the strategy part is building up to being you know having the enough information who's the ideal client what are my customer? and what are my competitors doing you know what's happening in the world yeah. um to then get to a point where you can say okay well this is what's unique about me now knowing all of that other um information as well now I can go work out where those ideal clients are going to be hanging out and now I've got the essence of a promise that I'm going to communicate. But what, what's now all of the kind of evidence that's going to support it to make that seem like it's credible? Yeah. Um,
1: and it strikes me, I mean, this is the way I explain it is, it's going from putting your head under the doona saying, I'm doing a really good job, they're just going to come, to purposefully really going after um an audience that you have something, you know, it's really the marriage between what you offer and that audience out there or the customer out there that needs it. Yeah. And, and that, that that's, you know, that's a marriage. That's not, you know, dating everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. And it's interesting that
2: you, you, um, you know, describe it like that because actually we do a little bit of work for, um, for a, a Queensland-based builder and they're a medium-sized builder so they build a couple of hundred homes a year, so not tiny and not huge. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if anybody's looked at the new home building market, you'll see that there's really not a lot of differentiation between builders and a lot yeah. of what builders typically do is they're, they're all about, like, the benchtop or, or the oven. So they're all going, oh, feature, you know, we've got yeah. Meg, we've got Caesarstone, blah, blah, blah. So they're all about the stuff. Yeah, But actually, for anybody who's built a home, it's not – yes. The stuff is important, but actually it's the experience as well. So you know, exactly. one of the things that we did was we differentiated this company on taking stress out of the experience. And we said, okay, we assume that a ticket to play is that our homes are great value and stunningly designed and award winning and all of those things. We know that you expect that. So the thing that we're going to do differently is actually take the stress out of the new building home, new, new building process. Yeah. Now, it's it's in a sense coincidental that they now get more lead, um, they get more website inquiries than they did before. But the more per- thing mm-hmm. is that because now all of the information on the site is basically all written to support the promise yes. that that we help you relax with us, um, that what can, what's can what been happening is that the quality of the leads they're getting is now vastly improved because all of the people who come to their site and are really looking for the builder that gives them $50,000 worth of inclusions for $3,000, really those people collect themselves out of the process. Exactly. And that's fine because you don't want those people. Don't do um, hard work. <laughs> so I think that's the benefit of, yeah. and once you get over that sort of, um, you know, that mind shift hurdle of saying, okay, well actually I'm not marketing to everybody. So I'm just gonna be as long as I've done the you know, the appropriate market research to go is the segment that I am chasing viable. I mean if there's only two people in it, well that's nuts. So let's assume that it's actually a segment that's narrowly defined but something you can make money out of. Um then Uh, you know, really communicating that promise over and over and over and and really defending it and supporting it with a a good array of evidence that, in my view, is what will succeed for you over time.
1: And look, it does. It's a bit of a leap of faith because it's a different mindset. But you're so right. And I went to that website you're talking about just in sort of researching what you do. And, you know, it smacks me in the face. Look, if I want to deal with an easy builder, someone that takes the pain away, then that is clearly the value proposition that's coming mm. through in mm. everything. And and so, you know, I, I, look, I mean, you know, we're both converted. It's a different story when you're on the other side of the fence, I guess. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, there's a lot of marketers out there sort of proclaiming to have this secret formula and I, I think <laughs> as, you know, businesses are starting to open their eyes to this online world especially bricks and mortar businesses um i wanted to know what you thought of this secret formula and you talk about this a lot in the video which i thought was really good the secret formula and also this mindset of you know you learn marketing by doing it and i am just you know when i when I read that or I heard you read that, out, I just thought, oh, Amanda, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, let, let me answer
2: both those questions and, yeah. and let me answer the second one first in a second, in, in, a, in a sense, because, you know, just even talking about the builder that we were just discussing, mm. I mean, if, when I, we change their website all the time because, yeah, you know, we, we started with um, a view about what would work. And you know, based on some research and some experience, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, there are some things that we've changed over time because actually there was some stuff that I did initially which I look back and I think, well, that was a bit dumb. Or um, (laughs) or over time you see actually people are responding more to this. So that's really um, why marketing is very exciting at the moment, I think number one, because it really is a very accessible laboratory that if you approach it in the right way and don't think of it as something that gets set in stone and then, you know, is just set forever is really something that you can then tweak and, you know, monitor and improve. So that's, that's, I think the first thing. The the second thing, coming back to this whole idea of of the secret formula, well, um, you know what I think, I don't believe in it. I mean, basically, um, you know, the basics of marketing still apply and whilst there are people like you and me who consult people and help them do it and, you know, here we run workshops and we, you know, try and fast track people through it, if you've got uh, the time and the inclination and you're proactive enough, then you can find what you need to know about marketing on the internet freely available because there's yeah. nothing that I tell anybody that is really any different from what you're going to tell them yeah. in essence. I mean, you might say it a different way and I oh, might okay. too, et cetera. But, you know, really the core marketing basics are, are freely available, completely, um, there's no new thought, right? There's no yeah. new kind of answer to that one. I think the thing that's been happening is, um, that, you know, clearly people are wanting to take advantage of online marketing tools, and they should, and there are some, you know, there are a few kind of tips and tri- tricks to, to get a hold of, but what I suppose I react to is that people... Um, At the end of the day, you still need the strategy. You know, you still need to have gone, who's my ideal customer? Where are they? What's my promise? How can I reach them? Then you're in a position to start looking at, okay, what online marketing communication levers can I now use? But they're just tactics and they're just another communication channel. I was at an event yesterday, coincidentally, um, you know, with someone who will remain nameless for this, but, you know, basically their business is video marketing. Mm -hmm. And so... And, you know, she was a very smart woman. I just probably reacted a little bit to it. But but her whole thing was, I'm going to uh, pitch you on how often you can use the channel Mm-hmm. So, if I'm going to start from the premise that you should embrace video marketing, so let's all, let's think of how many ways we can use video marketing in your business instead of coming at it from the other perspective, and saying, "Here's my business. Here, I'm trying to reach these people. This is my promise." What, looking across the array of communication levers that are available, what are the ones that make most sense for me, and what can I practically um, deliver on, given that we're not going to try a million things, we're probably going to try three things. Yeah. I've rambled a bit, but you no. know, you know that's a bit of my soapbox. So, and and I suppose the other thing, just quickly, that I'd add is that I guess, look, you know, if you want to sit on a desert island and um, you know get a bunch of contractors to build a business that fundamentally. I guess, in essence, offers some valuable free stuff so that people opt in and give you their details so then you build a whacking great list and -hmm. then you start selling them things. If that's what you want to do, knock yourself out. But I think most of the people who are listening to your show and most of the people that I deal with are people who've got, like, real businesses doing stuff that they love, like graphic design and architecture and, you know, communication and a whole series of things, you know. That's a very different kind of... That's a real small business here in Australia who just wants to understand how can I include online marketing
1: tactics in the mix and should I? Exactly, and it's all—it's a different model. I mean, it's just a different model. I, look, I, I totally agree with you in terms of, um, you know, we, we're all as marketers using, you know, the basic fundamentals of how to market. I think that the difference is if you actually put the time into getting those um foundations right you know understanding that market your point of difference those sorts of things which you know what you need some help Yeah. you need i need some help look i i get more from my customers in terms of feedback about what i'm doing well and what i'm not and i mean this is where i start with my customers that i have you know my clients it's you know let's hear what your customers think about you because they're going to say it better than you ever can Mm. and i just think that that sort of um you know go in and 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 be objective especially the first many i always tape it because you know they can't believe sort of the objectivity that comes out of having fresh eyes on something um and i think what i was going to say when you were telling me that story about the builder is maybe the unique thing and and i think this is true about you too amanda but certainly this is the bit that i keep coming back to about me as a marketer is I just like to go in with customer eyes. With real customer eyes. That's the difference. I'm not I'm not sort of saying that We can't do the tactical and all that sort of thing. But the strategy, I think, in marketing is understanding your market and and particularly that customer, that particular customer that's going to the builder, the particular customer that's going to the osteo or whatever so that you can really build it on a foundation of that insight. And not everyone, look, I just, it it does surprise me, but not everyone approaches the world that way. They just don't. I know, I know. And I know there's a lot of people building
2: very successful businesses out there selling the channel um, versus focusing on the strategy. And to an extent, I guess what you're trying to do and what I'm trying to do, um, you know, that's sometimes challenging because when people walk in the door and what they think marketing is is ads and brochures and maybe a website, yeah. like the output – Yeah. Um, then sometimes it takes a little while to work with them so that they go, oh. Now, and, and what we find is that people do our workshops and it's kind of you've got to market hard to get them there because what you're offering, like, it's you know, for them to spend two days, they go, what is this strategy stuff? Like, I came here to, like, generate leads. Like, yeah. um, get but, me to you know, everything. once they yeah. once they get to the end of it, then they go, oh, it's like the penny straw. They have gone, oh, now I see what marketing is. Yeah. But, so you know, so this is a little bit of a tough category to be in because you're trying to market to a bunch of people who don't necessarily... Um, see the full extent of the problem that they have. Um, but, you know, on that point, every business owner faces that challenge to an extent because every business owner is in the problem distribution business. Um, and in really, in order to sell something, then, then you know, what you need to know about your ideal customer is what's the problem they have that I have the solution to. That's really it in a nutshell. Um yeah. So, anyway, I I just, um, you know, I know as we sort of say that, that you know, there are, of course, lots of people building, you know, some of those successful secret formula businesses. Good luck. Um, But I think the other thing that's part of that, you know, that, if you're building a business that's very dependent upon um, online execution and that, and that's fine to go down that track i still believe that at the end of the day for longevity if you're trying to build a business that's not a fly by nighter um, and build a business that's really sustainable then the other thing that's really important is that um, you inject that human element and and this is where i think that lots of small of the really small business owners mm. you know have a great asset you know going for them that they tend to underutilize which is their
1: own story because nothing's more unique than you
2: (laughs) absolutely
1: and that's what i was going to ask you about now I, i think you know if there's no story have you got a problem I mean, I think you do. So, can we talk about that? I particularly like your story. I like it on the web how you say, you know, you're into gardening and, you know, you did dog felting. I don't know if that's actually true, but I really liked it. And it it, it gives me a sense, I know, we're going to ask you about that. It gives me a sense a little bit of your personality. And look, I want to work with people I like. And then I want to get a sense and a bit more of them, so I trust them. And mm. and and look, we know as a consultant, you know, you're, you're in their face. Often, you're dealing with their baby. You want to have someone care holding it that you trust. And I think the more you can give about that, you know, certainly we've got the opportunity with all these mediums, and and this podcast being one of them. Yeah, yeah. To to do well, that. So just interested in your insights. Well, I'll,
2: I'll share something with you. Um, because, you know, one of the reasons I made the video that you're referring to, which which for people listening is um, called Small Small Business Marketing Demystified, but it's about 10 minutes long. So this is the thing that people should get, right? So it's about 10 minutes long. And this is one of those areas where, you know, I've been doing marketing for a long time, but, you know, I don't have the answers. I just have a process and then I try stuff and then I see what works. Yeah. So. Um, and I know that the traditional thinking for videos is that they should be around about two and a half, three minutes long. Yeah. Um, but I uh, – and I'll just explain this because this is of relevance to, to other people, I feel sure. You know, I'm – you know, part of our business is where we work one-on-one. And so, of course, with those kind of engagements, I, I go pitch to those directly or people come to me and they sit down and they can meet me, etc., etc. So I'm there in person. Yeah. Um, so there's not – a great deal of difficulty handling that, and I have a pretty good ratio of kind of, you know, pitch to success. However, if I'm trying to uh, promote our marketing workshops, which I obviously think are of great value, and I know that we um, do a great job for people, but I also know that people, A, don't understand necessarily what marketing is before they arrive, and yeah. B, they don't know me from Adam, um, and they're looking at my workshop because probably someone's mentioned it or they found it, so they're, in, they're looking at potentially paying out $900 to come and be in a workshop with a woman they don't know and they're in finding it for the first time on the internet, well, I know that they're not really – that part of what they need to buy things is they need to know certain things. As you said, you know, they need to um, feel that they've got some kind of relationship with me potentially. They need to get a sense of, can I trust this person mm-hmm. um, they need to get a sense of, you know, can she do something for me that I either can't or won't do for myself, etc. Now, you know, whilst copy, and I mean, I have a writing background and I'll probably, you know, words are really my chosen, um, you know, form of communication consumption, yeah. uh, you know, words are fine, but they can't deliver everything that you could if you were sitting there in person. So that's one of the reasons why I think people need to, uh, look for ways on their websites to actually inject themselves in different communication forms so that people can then answer the questions that they have. You know, can I relate to this person? You know, do I trust them? Can they do something for me? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So that's, I guess, part of the reason why I made the video. Now, what's happened since then has been kind of interesting, because you know, clearly lots of related colleagues and friends and things have seen it, and they tend to fall into two camps. There are people, not everybody rings me up like you did, but I was so um, delighted that you liked the video and that you rang up, and so that was, you know, incredibly uh, reassuring. Um, but then, of course, there have been some people who have felt the need to give me the benefit of their insight and they say you know if if what you were really doing is promoting yourself you really should have done that in two minutes and you should have just hit it hard right at the beginning blah 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 and I thought (laughs) actually that wasn't the point the point was I just wanted them to get a sense of me (laughs) because I figured that and how I think and and what the kind of style that we would deliver the workshop in because the point was they needed to see me as a person.
1: And and get a taste, you know. Yeah. It's not the sell. You're not going to sell them on the. I mean, I totally agree. It's the t- it's the the right strategy. And yeah. I walked away thinking, you know, how many of my clients that hold a personal relationship to sell would benefit from showing their personality either through voice or visually on yeah. their sites. I yeah. think particularly if they're key to the service. And and I think even if they, you know,
2: haven't got the inclination to do video, Danielle, I mean, and you do this well on your site, it's also the way you write, you know, and I think a lot of people... Like, there's a a couple of pretty simple rules of thumb. Like, I always, you know, we have writers in here who write for clients, and one of the first things I I try and say to them is write like it's a conversation. So, you want to get stuff like you will, um, or they will, or out of the language. So, it's, you know, you'll and we'll, and it's, you know, a little bit, you know, dependent upon the type of site that it is, but it's like I'm having a chat, because that's what's going on with someone as they're sitting there reading your font. But the other thing is to not always speak in the third person, because if i'm speaking to you then talk to me um and we don't want it to be all i i i i i you know i'm so fantastic because i'm an award-winning blah 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 we're, we're not so interested in you really what we're interested in is your experience insofar as it can deliver something to me and we want to know that you understand the problems that i have so speak to that yeah no, um, i
1: would even go a step further it's all about me Amanda. Yeah. When I get to your site, you better be talking about me because I don't yes. care about anyone else. So that's that you know, that goes back to the start. You know, if you've got that ideal target, um I'll give you a perfect example. I had a girl who came to one of my workshops that I run and mm-hmm. I just run them through the council and um she came and she was a young girl who'd finished her nursing degree and, and in veterinary nursing and decided that she wanted to start her own business to help um, owners, you know, sort of like pet sitting, but she had a different take on it and I spent a bit of time with her afterwards and she said, look, there's a lot of pet owners uh, that are out there that have an ailing pet that aren't sick enough to take them to the vet but need some assistance and sort of like if you have, I mean, you know, a grandparent that needs someone checking in on them, the same thing. And I said to her when, you know, she rang me up last week, I said, look, Ali, I really think that there's a market for that if you go to vets, you know, and, and you know, there's some um, person that needs some extra help after their dog's had an operation, you're the one that they're going to put in contact with as opposed to being a dog walker or dog sitter or pet sitter. You're actually, mm-hmm. you know, changing the mix by talking to this particular audience. Mm-hmm. So, because, you know, she was saying, was oh, that too niche or, Or, you know, am I not going to be able to get enough? And I just said, you need to go out and ask. Mm, And you need to go out and find out. But don't go broad straight away. Let's work out if there's a market there because if there is and it's big enough and sustainable, you're the only one in it.
2: Well, I think actually you hit on a really good point there too because you need to – I think this is where starting with the end in mind is a really um, key discipline because if you're not trying to build like – Um, a business the size of Apple, (laughs) um, then uh, work in the area that's going to deliver you the right kind of scale, you know. So, if kind of global domination isn't what you're after, well, yeah, and, and, I mean, I think about that often here. I mean, you know, I'm not the only ex-corporate marketer, obviously. mean, there's you, there's me and there's 50 million others of us. Exactly. All pitching services to the small business market. And every now and again, I'll look around and i go, oh, my God, you know, there's such and such and they're doing this really well. And then I think, hang on a second, you know, I'm trying to build, yes, a business with a certain level of um, – at a certain size. And, you know, we have growth targets and we've got a five-year plan and all of those things. But at the end of the day, it's not like – a global business that I'm trying to build and there's quite a lot of business for all of us, I just need to carve out the niche that's sufficient for the objectives that I have. And yeah. so I think, you know, a bit like the girl that you were were advising, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's if it's just a one-person, you know, a good, profitable, one-person business that she's trying to build, well then settle on a really good niche target for that. If she's wanting to have a fleet of people across Melbourne, um, well then that she's starting from a different endpoint.
1: so but how lucky amanda to actually start her business with that thought process well i think so (laughs) as opposed to i'm you know i'm really good at this i'm just going to go and do x i mean you know she's a young girl she's really thinking about it and it's so encouraging because you know we often get the client that is halfway in their business they sort of feel a little bit like their business might be out of control. <laughs> you know, they've, they've had word of mouth working for a while and now it's starting to dry up. And you've sort of got to go back, you know, mm-hmm. and start again with these people. And so to have someone come in, you know, even if they're fresh eye with no experience, to actually be thinking about it from that point of view is really encouraging. Well, it is. And
2: I think it also uh, highlights the importance of a plan. And I think that no matter you know, where a business is in its life cycle, um, you know, you can always begin to work on your plan. And, and I guess I'm just a firm believer in that, that you should start with where you're heading. Because so often I think what happens is, um, you know, people, it's a bit like saying, um, like I was going to use a New South Wales analogy, may not translate so well, but, you know, it's a bit like saying, okay, I need to drive to Dubbo, so um, so I think it's west, so I'm just going to get on the highway. or, and having done that many years ago, I have to share this bimbo moment with your listeners. Um, Having done that many years ago, I know that if you just do that, you end up in Cowra, which is about four hours to the left (laughs) of Dubbo.
1: You drive um, like me, Amanda. (laughs) What
2: what is actually far more sensible is to go, okay, there's Dubbo, here's Sydney, and the way to get there is like this. (laughs) So it's pretty much the same. Get an F, man. Exactly. But you know, stuff happens. I think the thing that I notice with business owners, and I'm not saying I'm perfect here, by the way, and you know, and I've redone my plan five million times because stuff occurs. But um, I think one of the things I notice is that people go well. I'm just going to, you know, trundle along until I get to the fork in the road, and at that point, I'm going to decide whether I go left or right, whereas what I try and do is say, well, I know that in five years' time, I want to be here, and I know that, you know, by year two, we want to have implemented this, and by year three, we want to have implemented this, so that if I know those things, even though I'm not thinking about what's happening two years down the track right now, I mean, I'm not thinking about it all the time, those... Those decisions that I've made are also governing some of the decisions that I make today. Um, you know, it's things like, for example, like I'm sitting here in my office, and, and you know, I've got a three-year lease with a three-year option, and the office is bigger than what I need right now. But it is that way because I know that by the time I get to the three-year mark, I'll have filled it. Yeah. So you know, it's really it's it's that kind of thinking that I think governs a whole lot of the decisions that you will make today. So
1: yeah, and I think I I heard an interesting interview the other day, and it's sort of almost an investing mindset, you know, as opposed to a cost mindset. Mm. And and that's difficult for small business owners to to have as well,
2: you know. Well, that's probably, um, you know, you could do a whole other subject, um, you know, on the show but, uh, you know, I think the whole kind of uh, people capacity uh, issue is a really interesting one for small business owners and I was talking with a client about this the other day. But, you know, it's I think, you know, in terms of what you're saying, in a sense it's a fundamental decision to... Um, decide whether you will in a way wait till things are stretched or broken before you put in extra resource or yeah. whether you say okay i'm going to take a short-term hit and put in people before i truly need the full capacity of those resources yeah. so I'll, I'll invest in people um, understanding that i've got a bit of overcapacity, but I've then also got some some buffer to actually develop and grow my business with. Um, and the short-term hit part is because probably for that period of time, you've, uh, you know, you're spending a bit more on your overheads than really your revenue warrants, but, you know that's part of actually then generating the revenue that you're after down the track. Sorry, I'm probably deep in no. these kind of things because we've been working on our uh, financial management essentials course just yesterday with the uh, financial management accountant. Um, so, yes, be, those, those graphs are very <laughs> top of mind. They're
1: etched in your brain. Do you know what it, They are. Do you know but the I challenge mean? is trying to make those interesting, don't you? <laughs> yes, I can imagine. He's got a challenge on his hands. He needs. A yeah. Well, that does bring me back to the question I had, which was a little bit about brand and what I really liked about on your site is you've got a similar topic to me, how we work. Mm. And I'm really interested in this because, you know what, while you don't want to have plastered, this is my opinion, on the home page, the process, this does come back to there has to be, and I think certainly in a service-based business, the how of what you do, given that there's a lot of the what you deliver that everyone might deliver, be it accountant, Mm. um, be it marketer or whatever the the how I think is important and so I just wanted you to sort of talk me through briefly your rationale for doing that how we work on your site uh, well I think pretty much in a sense why what you just said really,
2: which is, you know, it's part of the way that we differentiate. Um, But having said that, I I have to really be honest here and say that um, our website needs a total overhaul. I'm kind of embarrassed about it at the moment because all of our clients are getting the attention and we're not. So, you know, I've got that um, classic... uh, service deliverer's problem, (laughs) you know, and every week that goes by I think, we really need to um, uh, fix up a few of those things. But, um, you know, so we could articulate the how of what we do better. Uh, You know, I think in all honesty you do a a much better job of that and, you know, if if listeners haven't been to your website, you know, they should go obviously and have a look at how you articulate your marketing process. Um, And I think just to sort of speak in a little bit more generality for a second, you know, one of the the very fruitful areas I think service-based business can look um, in order to differentiate themselves is how to, if you like, productize their service offer. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a a woman who runs a a hospitality RTO in our last um, marketing workshop and, you know, we did a lot of work with her in the workshop around her value proposition and then once she nailed the value proposition, then we were like, okay, well, how do you how do you deliver it and how can you now, um, in a sense, productise that service delivery to say that it's the, I don't know, the five-step process of you know, the five-step staff retention process delivered by key skills training Mm -hmm. or it's the fusion process or it's the whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's really about trying to pick it up as a product so that it actually stands as something that's distinct and different from you. And that actually communicates a whole series of things on a number of levels. You know, not only is it then a process which you then get to say is proprietary, you know, belongs to you, Mm -hmm. but what that also says to people, I think, who are considering working with you is this person is structured enough to sit down and actually work out how they would deliver this. That says something about that person's ability to think, to um, show care, to um, you know, deliver consistency. I think there are a whole lot of uh, cues that that gives people when they're considering working with people who've got that kind of thing in place.
1: Yeah, it sort of provides the proof points. I mean, mm. you can say that you're something. I mean, this is what I often say to clients that may have you know on that about us page the values, you know, and you mm. know, integrity, da 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 da. But you know, prove it because mm. or articulate it in a way that just doesn't sound like everyone else, and mm. so you know, be it the description of your team or how you work or the process, there's got to be a way of communicating it that actually, you know, proves to me that you are who you say you are and you do what you're going to say you do. Mm. Mm. And I think that that's what I look for. I mean, Mm. you know, when I'm going (coughs) browsing for whoever, um, the people that have actually put it into you know, into their own words that talk to me or have it as a process that I can see has some robustness and some continuity and some professionalism around it, I, l- I like to think, well, they know what they're doing. Mm, mm. And I'm going to get the same experience every time. Yep. So um, the last question I wanted to um, sort of end on is mm. y- you do say in your little video, which I keep referring to because I just love it, um, <laughs> You know, it, it's a you know it is a daunting time and a confusing time for small businesses, and you know we know this because I don't know about you, but they, they are asking these questions and they are confused about the next best steps. Um, but I I like how you say that you think it is you know one of the best times ever to start a business, and i I concur. I just wanted to get your thoughts around you know what what led you to that thought process yourself
2: um I just think that your ability to promote yourself and to um, test to test your marketing is so accessible these yeah. days to small business owners I mean really like if you have you know sufficient knowledge and, and methodology and I think in, as a small business owner not as a business owner other than someone like us, for example, whose business is marketing. Mm. So if you're a small business owner, um, you know, with a real estate business or whatever, then you've got to think seriously about... Uh you know, how much of this you do yourself. And, and we do have a lot of that discussion with clients just on this quite a bit because, uh, you know, there's a real cost-benefit analysis that they need to perform for themselves. You know, will I do it myself or will I outsource it? And obviously we're in the business of encouraging people to outsource it. Um, you know, and, and most times we think that is more effective. But, com- but coming back to the point, let, let's assume that you've got sufficient knowledge, time and inclination. Then, you know, you really have an enormous ability to uh, apply some uh, testing rigor, for example, to your website, to split test pages, um, Mm -hmm. to, for example, just take any given page, change the wording or position of a headline and see what people are responding to. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, you can do that really for very low cost and part of that then gives you, if you start from the premise that, you know, marketing is an experiment, you learn by doing, um, then you understand that you're not setting anything in stone. So then, you know, really, you just... I think that's what I find so exi- exciting because it, it, I think for a long time people talked about marketing as like there's something that goes on in the black box or, you know, when you work in a corporate, they'd go, I don't know what those marketing people do, but they seem to go to the agency at 4 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. They're drinking um, a lot of
1: coffee. Something's yeah, going like, on over there.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I really don't know what they're doing. They keep telling me it's art. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I think what I like about this now is someone who I think is kind of creative but analytical. You know, what I love about marketing in today's environment is that you get lots of data. And Absolutely. you can analyze it and you can see patterns and you can see what people are doing and that's incredibly exciting. So you can make, um, you know, data-driven decisions. Uh, yeah, have all the art you want, but let's not just go on gut feel um, and let's take full use, you know, make full use of the, you know, the viral uh, possibilities of the internet to help you get your message out there. Very exciting.
1: It is very exciting, and it is like helping them make better decisions with that information. You know, mm. be it, you know, be it using online community, you know, um, reporting Google Analytics, you name it, Google Alerts, or any sort of feedback system, information system that you have around that online world, or even just through your customers. Mm. That access to information and make and pulling that into that strategy and then therefore making a better decision and like you say seeking it as a or treating it as an experiment and tweaking it and actually making better business decisions based on that you know like there's there's just it's just there's not a better feeling than to know that you're on the right track and that gives you that information.
2: I think that you mentioned something really important there. That that's probably a little bit of reassurance for, for people listening. You know, because in all of that um, sort of slightly geeky sounding language which is about, you know, split testing and all the rest of it. And some people might be going, Oh my God, what are they talking about? Um you know, I think you mentioned something which is like really worth remembering, which is kind of old school and anybody can do it, and that is ask your customers. And I think one of the things I noticed that, you know, when people, for example, you know, come to our workshops and I'm sure once they've worked with you and you've asked a whole lot of questions around what's your ideal client, what's their problem and blah 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 blah. And so people start to see, ah, I see why they're so important now, but yes. having kind of gone through that process once, well, then they've got that. So then now they can be attuned to, um, you know, when they encounter a customer to ask them, oh, by the way, you know, how did you hear about us? What did you think of the last whatever, blah, 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 blah. That's, that relies on no technology, well, other than the phone sometimes. <laughs>
1: yeah and i mean i i often start when they're a little bit confused about the value that they offer that Mm -hmm. you know if we go and ask them and that information comes back from the customer in their words they resonate with it they are so sometimes it's not actually what they thought it was you know and it actually re confirms in their mind that they're either on the right track or they need to tweak it and i don't know there's just nothing more powerful than that
2: i think that Sorry, just to leap in there just before you finish, I think that, that you've raised a really important point there. And, you know, like for people who want to just do a simple survey, we we often use SurveyMonkey. People can just jump online and, and use that, surveymonkey.com. Yep. But, you know, one of the things that – so, for example, this is where I think um, some of those simple – you know, questions of your customers can really fuel some other things that you're doing. Um, we, for example, um, a real estate client that we have, they get testimonials from people they lease properties for and sell properties for, et cetera. We go look at them and then we pick up that language and use it in their pay-per-click ads yeah, because we figure perfect. that, you know, when people say, oh, my God, you were the agent that did the blah, 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 or, you know, all of our other agents have done blah, 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 then we go, okay, that's the language they're using. So let's try that in our pay-per-click ads now and see... How other people respond to the to what that you know what
1: that resonates with them. So, yeah. or if they ask a question, that's the mm. that's the question you put in your in your ad because yeah. chances are someone else is typing in that question. So I yeah look I totally agree. Um, we're coming to the end of our lovely time together, but I <laughs> always like to um, ask about a tech tip. Now I know mm. we're a bit of geeks, and it's is it's... there any little thing that you've come across, be it an app or something that you've seen in the last, you know, couple of weeks that you think, gee, that's great. Um, Anything that you think that the listeners might be able to use that you've come across? Well,
2: I'm going to be anti-geek, actually. Um, And I I wouldn't even say I'm a geek. I just like to think of myself as a bimbo geek, really. Um, (laughs) I just know enough. (laughs) Just enough. But, but, But I think, you know, really... For for so many people whose brochure is really just like an extended, uh, whose website is really just like an extended brochure, um, and who are new to, you know, who are hearing about online marketing and thinking how, you know, there are so many things and I'm confused and what exactly should I do? um, There are, I think. Still today, there are two key things which um, you can do which are so within your grasp and one of those is blogging and one of those is email marketing. Um, Even if you can't, you know, get that to happen and frankly, I think they're the absolute mainstay of everything you're going to do online, have all of your... Other social media occurring and all of your really cool things, you know, your podcast, etc. But at a minimum, I think you know, email marketing and blogging are really two must-dos for business. Mm. But, but the other thing I think, and and people can do this tomorrow. I'll just I'll share a little story in closing. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, you know, I've, I've had this in my newsletter a while ago, but um, you know, chances are people won't have read it. And um, my, my partner uh, went to buy something really as unglamorous as an irrigation pump, um, <laughs> a submersible pump to take the water from underneath our house. And so he went and got it from a guy who sells irrigation pumps, you know, not the kind of glamour product that you'd normally go to, and I don't know, somewhere in northern New South Wales, from memory. Uh-huh. Um, and so the irrigation pump arrived, and with it came um, a handwritten, no, a letter with a handwritten kind of postscript. that said something like, um, I wanted you to know that um, in buying this irrigation pump, you were supporting an Australian business with, I don't know, 12 employees or eight employees situated in Tamworth, New South Wales, and blah, blah, And it had a little story about it. And I thought, oh, my God, I was really amazed. That's why I shared about it because I thought, oh, wow, that's so personal. And at the bottom it said, by the way, or P.S. Um, oh, and, oh, sorry, and in the letter it said, you know, and your order was checked by and they'd handwritten in the person who checked it, et cetera. And then at the bottom it had a little P.S. and it said, um Oh, by the way, we normally we normally send fruit tingles with every order, but we just ran out literally today. So I'm really sorry, but if it's important to you, we're really happy to send them to you next time. And but it was just like a nothing thing, right? But yeah. I just I got that and I thought, wow, how great was that personal touch? Now, really, that is technology technology independent, yes, um, and something which is so within the grasp of, of small business owners. Because I think this is the other thing to just remember. Uh, With everything that's happening digitally, we still crave high touch. In fact, I reckon you crave high touch more. So those little moments where someone actually puts a handwritten pen to paper, you know, like pen to paper and does something handwritten, you
1: notice them because it's so uncommon. It's delightful, isn't it? it? Yeah. It is. It's just what a great story i love those so that's my anti-tech tips (laughs) and i'm big on fruit tingles so that would have been you know (laughs) hey hey guys out there if you're there love fruit tingles amanda and i I don't know what you like amanda that's right we're yours (laughs) (laughs) could send them my way um so, if some if the listeners want to get some more of you, which I'm sure they will after this interview, because you've been totally engaging and so generous with your um, sharing of knowledge and insight, what's the best way?
2: Well, if they want to stay in touch with what we're doing, in a just kind of you know get some tips type idea, then they can subscribe to our newsletter, which they can do on our website. Um, They could also follow our blog every day, but probably subscribing to our newsletter is the best for that kind of thing. Um, But if they want actual marketing help, and of course, you know, if if for for some reason they're not able to come to you, uh, then we are running our next um, small business marketing intensive in July in Sydney. So that's a two-day course, and we are able to have nine business owners in the course, and they get very personal attention over two days, and they get to work with each other. So there's, there's a couple of ways that people can engage
1: oh thank you so much and i'll put links to that in the show notes so, so that people can find you easily and um oh look i you know the one of the benefits about that intensive, i'm sure is that when you get nine people in the room you can just bounce ideas i call it brain jamming and you know sometimes the things are facilitated through you but that those personal stories or ideas or that learning in that laboratory you know what a great way to do it
2: well, actually, you're right about that. And i um, that was really an unexpected benefit for the people in the last workshop It was the thing that they really commented on. They said it was all great, you know, like, you know, working with you was really good, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing that we actually weren't prepared for really was the benefit of working with each other because, you know, the way we structure it is they do have to work intensively with the other people in it and they break up into pairs, et cetera, et cetera. And just that whole process of sharing with other business owners in quite different businesses. Mm-hmm. But, you know, really that was just an incredible benefit for them. So, yeah.
1: Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for your time and I hope to have you on again and maybe we can talk about some of those other metrics and juicy things that we can get our teeth into. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Amanda. All right, Dan. Thank you.
0: Hey, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. For more great marketing tips, go to Dan's blog at www.daniellemcginnis.com and sign up for her marketing tips or visit her website at www.mcginnismarketing.com.au Catch you next time.